0: I hope so. What are you getting?
1: Well, I'm getting a bounce, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lightness within it as well.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Hold you know, honey, me. it's a very yeah. tricky color, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm.
1: Terry and uh, I worship an unconventional six deity, six the power of another dimension. Now, you're not going to read about this dimension in a book or in a magazine or uh, in a newspaper uh, because it doesn't exist anywhere Except in my own mind.
2: Welcome, welcome to the crazy. Yeah. The Crazy Alan Show. Yes. Yeah. All right, here's a treat for you. Maybe. Maybe. A feather falling from the sky, floating down to the ground, between a pair of pumps.
1: Hi. My name's Hillary, Hilary Gump. You can call me Hillary Rodham Gump. That's what everybody calls me, except on the Connie Chung Show. You know, that's my house back there. My mama always told me the White House is like a box of chocolates. It's pretty on the outside, but inside there's lots of nuts. Mama always gave me good advice. She told me life is like a regional health care alliance. If you pool your risks with a community health purchasing cooperative and mix in a prospective payment review, you can reach an ideal Uh cost containment ratio while leaving the single payer system available. Now that's good advice. I give people good advice too. Been doing it for years. Like back in 1972, I was what you call a counterculture McGovernic. I even went to the convention. I told Senator McGovern, Wait till 2 a.m. to give your acceptance speech. That way it will be on in prime time in Hawaii. I
3: accept your nomination.
1: Funny thing, he carried one state, but wouldn't you know it, it wasn't Hawaii. Mama always told me, Hillary, Hillary Gump, life is like a hairstyle. You just keep changing it till you find something that works. Anyway, in 1974, I went to Washington to help investigate that Nixon fella. That's when I became Deep Throat.
2: (laughs) Another in a parking garage. A dark parking garage. The story has stalled on us.
4: I the money.
1: I wonder, what happened to that nice Woodward fella?
3: He wrote the agenda.
1: Oh. Anyway, in the late 70s, I met President Carter. He was a nice man, but he worried a lot. So I gave him some advice too. I said, Jimmy, give a speech about mayonnaise. Everybody loves mayonnaise, but evidently he misunderstood my accent and he gave a speech about malaise.
3: At Andrew's Air Force Base outside Washington, they said goodbye to old friends and admirers.
1: Then there was this Greek fella, Michael Dutakis. He was running for president in 1988, but he was kind of small. So I told him how he could look more fearsome.
4: Right
2: in a tank. It worked out for Dukakis. He lost.
1: At that point, I began to think no Democrat was ever going to win again. That any nutcase Republican could beat any Democrat. Hi. Hi. Would you like a chocolate?
3: Oh, yeah, I would, thanks.
2: And this is Bill. There you go. Sitting well, you know, down beside her. My mama
1: always said reporters are like a box of chocolates. Too many of them can kill you, <laughs> but the sweet ones are awful nice.
3: Hey, you, you got any French fries to go with these chocolates?
1: Yeah. Here you go. <laughs>
3: oh, thanks.
0: Hey, baby. <laughs> My wife Cupid isn't around is here, as so.
1: Cupid does.
0: I've never actually <laughs> felt pity for Hillary. This is the only time I, I felt a twinge of, of pity, and then I felt guilty for feeling sorry for this woman. I I suspect whoever like, uh, got her to do this. Probably went missing shortly thereafter because this, this was, was
2: this sketch was played in nineteen ninety five at a gridiron dinner oh, an my. annual journalist event that's supposed to elicit laughs. Unfortunately, the only reaction the scene demanded was a trip to the bathroom. <laughs> Hillary's acting is worse than Trump barely oh that
0: was horrible i i <laughs> just I just <laughs> want to apologize I to don't. anybody who's <laughs> you know uh don't, don't don't tell anybody where that uh that somebody's going to watch that and then go to Holland and be euthanized <laughs> and don't worry this is the lady that is
2: uh if we well probably underhandedly uh
0: beating bernie yeah but i think i i think that people don't want the typical politician. So I think that's good. I, I know part of me thinks that if Bernie got got it and it was Bernie and Trump head to head. It would be tight. It, yeah, they might win. But with, with Hillary, I think she elicits such negative response. <laughs> Revulsion. Yeah. And if people support her, it's not because they support her because they like her. They potentially like what she stands for. Which is different. They're holding their nose.
2: They say they're going to hold their nose and vote for her.
0: Exactly. With Trump. uh, Oh, oh man. I am. Wow. How do you expunge that from your brain? I know that... uh, (laughs) Doctors, (laughs) Doctors, <laughs> before you you know when you go into surgery, they give you an amnesia uh, drug that amnesia causes good, yeah. amnesia. Oh, yes, yeah, so you forget. Yeah. So, hmm? is that what we need? Yeah, that's what I need. <clears throat> Anti and uh, antiemetic, emetic, emetic. Anything, <laughs> anyways, a thing to keep you from throwing up. Wow, that was uh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Oh, oh, well, that was fun or vomiting in comparison.
2: <laughs> well. <laughs> was
0: fun. Perhaps that, no. <laughs> well, now, uh, wow. That was, um, huh. I don't, I, I, I don't know what to say. <clears throat> Where'd you find that? Uh nugget. On the, that, that, that nugget. On the, <laughs>
2: somewhere on the interweb, it came about a diamond in and the rough a, a, in the rough i don't know about a diamond but it was in the rough for sure yeah I, I saw that and just knew that we would uh we would love to to hear that gem you you, you gem. just knew that i just knew it <laughs> just knew it yeah so how's it going uh, well not bad not i'm d- dismayed at right. our society okay um, even more Mm-hmm. even more. Um the White House the president has issued a decree. Oh. Or a and this is not I mean this isn't new today. This is seven a week old, really. It happened A decree that late everybody should last be last week. Okay, go ahead. Um, um let's see. Play this video here. I think this video. is this from the Washington Examiner. Um, perhaps it will play, maybe. Uh, yeah, no, not that. Uh, the Obama administration is expected to issue a decree Friday, which was last Friday, and it is, it happened. Okay, as soon as this ad is over, thank you, mm. Examiner, <sighs> thank you, Washington Examiner.
0: Well, they got to get their money somehow.
5: The Obama administration is expected to issue a decree Friday that will give transgender Mm, students in public schools the right to use whichever bathroom corresponds with his or her gender identity, according to a report released late Thursday. On behalf of the White House, the Departments of Justice and Education will send a letter to every public school district in the country telling administrators how to create a discrimination free environment.
2: So, quote, this according to the letter. Do they have to comply? A school may not require transgender. I hate having to talk about this every time. It's just insane. Uh, May not require transgender students to use facilities inconsistent with their gender identity or to use individual user facilities when other students are not required to do so. Although the decree comes straight from the president's desk, schools will not be legally bound by it. However, schools that do not com- cooperate with the government's recommendation may be liable for lawsuits, may be liable to lawsuits and the revoking of federal
0: funding. So that's kind of like they don't have a choice. You know, um, do you remember? I remember high school. Okay. And if you went to school without um fashionable clothes you felt embarrassed you felt like you were oh do we uh, need to start uh, like giving people
2: high-end clothing to wear no requiring it or do we require everyone else to wear crap
0: no my point is if if you came to school and you stuck out and and were considered weird compared to everybody else it was something that you didn't um cultivate now, there was always the few kids that would, you know, do a mohawk, mm-hmm. do something crazy. And everybody, you know, when they would do whatever you they would do, they would roll their eyes. But you knew that there was something a little bit off with the person. <clears throat> now, consider a 15-year-old young man who identifies, quote-unquote, as a woman and goes into a woman's bathroom sticks out like a sore thumb um at least from my opinion in my opinion um uh, that's not normal um and it's also not good to encourage somebody with mental illness to do something that makes 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 them stick out even more i uh, The letter says,
2: according to this article, a school may provide separate facilities on the basis of sex, but must allow transgender students access to such facilities consistent with their gender identity. A school may not require transgender students to use facilities inconsistent with their gender identity or to use individual user facilities when other students are not required to do so. So, basically giving them a private space is not allowed in this or in this mm-hmm. directive from the the Prez. the letter sent to schools by the department of justice and the, and the department of ed this is not just the department of education sending out an idea this is from the law enforcement arm of the government as well
0: what about christian schools Shh. did they get this letter well if it was sent to all schools if they are
2: uh, uh, looked at As a school, if they're recognized, wouldn't they have got one? Gotten one? Well, do they get federal funds? I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. The Times noted, the letter doesn't force, doesn't have the force of law. It implicitly threatens schools that may wish to refuse with the potential of losing federal funds or becoming the subject of lawsuits. Quote, As a condition of receiving federal funds, a school agrees that it will not exclude, separate, deny benefits to, or otherwise treat differently on the basis of sex any person in its educational programs or activities unless expressly authorized to do so under Title IX or its implementing regulations. The departments treat a student's gender identity as the student's sex for purposes of Title IX and its implementing regulations. The department, in the, the departments interpret Title IX to require that when a student or student's parent or guardian, as appropriate, notifies the school administration that the student will assert a gender identity that differs from previous representations or records, the school will begin treating the student consistent with the student's gender identity. It added, under Title IX, there is no medical diagnosis or treatment requirement that students must meet as a prerequisite. For being treated consistent with their gender identity, with their
0: state of mind today, you know what makes me sick about this <clears throat> is the so-called Republicans aren't threatening to cut off all funding to the Department of Education oh, until yeah. this is rescinded. Yeah, which means they're they're about as gutless as as can be.
2: Well, and you know a um, a, a letter of guidance, I think, is kind of what this is being called that those are allowed and they have some, they have some actual, um, they have a place in government. The president can use these to basically, uh, I think encourage and tell departments how, how they should operate. What they are not allowed to do is redefine terms. And this redefines a term. It redefines what sex means. And and this though, and so there, there is a, uh, uh, a belief out there there there's a thought line out there that this is actually illegal what this letter is doing because it is doing something that that letter is not allowed to do by law it's circumventing con- con- congress to redefine a term in uh you know in the the work of of uh government
0: yeah but when when has there ever been a majority that aren't anything but gutless wonders? In the Congress and the Senate.
2: As a condition of receiving federal funds, a school agrees that it will not exclude, (coughs) separate, deny benefits who are otherwise treated differently on the basis of sex. This is so for you to uh, not lose your federal funding. The White House spokesperson, Josh Earnest... School administrators and state officials across the country shouldn't view the Obama administration's transgender bathroom policy directive as a threat, but rather as guidance. Josh Mm -hmm. Ernest said on Friday, Ernest claimed the White House issued the directive in response to requests from parents, teachers, and students across the country, how many of them? He said school administrators are more concerned about preventing discrimination against their students than partisan politics. Quote, there is obviously a question of civil rights here.
0: So when Fat Tony comes into your business and says, you know, you might want to pay up about 10% of what you make or uh, something might happen to your business. I'm not threatening you. I'm just giving you some guidance you, on the right you thing do. for you, for <laughs> you to do, so something bad doesn't happen. I'm not threatening you and your children with violence. I'm just saying it might be good for you to do that. Okay, not a bad thought.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. And then oh, there's some. There's another. Thing in my notes here, I have to find.
0: I got a video when you're done there that I want to play. About a minute and a half from. Fox you know who News. Dr.
2: Keith Ablo is?
0: Um, a doctor. Yeah. Named Keith.
2: Keith. Dr. Keith. Dr. Keith. Dr. Keithy. Uh-huh. Uh He is an MD, one of America's leading psychiatrists. He is. He's a TV. I mean, he, he's a big time. It's uh, so
0: like Doctor Drew. Uh,
2: kinda. Uh, Drew is just a shill for the pharmaceuticals, though, without question. I mean, he gets paid hundreds of thousands of dollars from Big Pharma to push their drugs. Mm-hmm. That's neat on news organ news outlets. Um, Keith Ablo is, I don't know. He's he's kind of a celebrity <laughs> doctor. Anyway, he says this is a article penned by him. Uh, I believe I was the first person in America to predict that the issues at the core of transgenderism would not only come center stage but cause deeper discord than nearly any other issue facing the United States. Now, well, the Department of Education is warning states that public school students of any anatomic and generic gender should be allowed to use any restroom at school that they choose. And states that resist could potentially and states that resist could potentially lose federal funding north carolina is suing the federal government and the federal government is suing north carolina over the state's law insisting people use the bathroom corresponding to their gender at birth or their actual gender same thing why is this happening it is happening because many americans are now seeing clearly for the first time that the assertions of a tiny percentage of the population that they are locked in the wrong bodies could end up Dictating that all female Americans must accept using bathrooms alongside people with male anatomy and vice versa. This includes our children. The assertion of transgender Americans that they are locked in the wrong bodies is in no way, in my opinion, proven scientifically. <gasps> this guy is a doctor. What? He's a scientist. What's going on? I know. What? No research has ever demonstrated convincingly... Not I'm feeling one- dizzy. Oh, wow. Not one time that a single transgender individual shows any irrefutable psychological evidence whatsoever of being the gender opposite to their dna and anatomy <gasps> what what blasphemy i know fire him
0: i know yo
4: fired
0: wow what? yeah what's how how did that get what happened he Maybe I, I, well, I, he stopped drinking the Kool Aid one day, and it maybe, was enough to maybe reset. Wow, I mean,
2: he's kind. He was, um, probably not anymore. He no, was no, looked on well, by most media anymore. outlets as kind of a, an authority on psychiatry and on, um, you know the. the but mind, obviously, the he's, mind.
0: A, he's a bigot. He no, probably he, more than likely. He yes. probably wrote that right after the KKK me- um, meeting that he went to when he, he lynched. He's a, he is a white somebody. guy
2: with no hair. He's a bald white guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, of course. This is skinhead, Of course. Right, right. So, so disregard hates, everything yeah. that he says because uh, <laughs> um, uh, lack of melanoma equals... Um, racism. Racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And privilege. Wow. But for him to say not,
2: no research has ever demonstrated convincingly, not one time, that a single transgender individual shows any irrefutable psychological, no, physiological evidence. Whatsoever of being the gender opposite to their DNA. Transgender individuals believing themselves to be female despite having XY chromosomes or male despite XX chromosomes seem to me to be indistinguishable. From a psychiatric standpoint, from those with paranoid delusions Yeah, <laughs> who believe that they are being stalked by the CIA or those with anorexia who believe they are fat. You, you've, you brought this all up a few shows ago. Even even when they are thin as a rail. Or those with body dysmorphic disorder who believe that their noses are imperfect and attempt to coerce plastic surgeons into one cosmetic procedure after another. Turning our culture upside down to favor such individuals will truly, in my opinion, carry the risk of gradually making our entire nation hostage to irrational and firmly held beliefs. And if this culture caters to those beliefs in the absence of a convincing groundswell of evidence that we ought to, then our then our foundation in the truth will be gone. Our, worthy, our worthiness as a people will be gone too. Let me put this starkly. America may no longer be a country worth dying for in a war against extremists if we simultaneously, psychologically abuse millions upon millions of our children by insisting that they go to the bathroom beside adults who are physically of the opposite gender. Why would a country that does that have any moral standing whatsoever? Why would our enemies not point to that reality and mock us for criticizing darkness in their own cultures? Really, what could be worse than the Department of Education commanding schools to let anatomic boys use the girls' locker rooms and restrooms? This country better get its head screwed on straight, or it is either going to be taken hostage by extremists of our own, like the transgender community insisting on the takeover of our culture and good sense, or by extremists outside our country who can assert that we, not they, represent a scourge, that could topple all truth.
0: Oh man! Oh no. <laughs> wow! That is awesome. Oh, what? I know. What? Where did he post that or whatever? On KKK.com? dot <laughs>
2: <so>. well, Almost. <laughs> it actually was. I mean, it was posted on the Blaze, which okay. some will look at as something. Yeah. Bad. Who cares? But, who cares? But I mean, he's no, He's no slouch when it comes to his education. Yeah. As a psychiatrist.
0: Well, I had that article about the the uh the resident psychiatrist for John Hopkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. Do you have any th- I I hold on. I, I gotta play this I, clip I, 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 when you're done.
2: Okay. I I I may have um Robert P. George, a McCormick professor of jurisprudence at princeton you robert p george that sounds like a fake name but anyways robert george okay whatever anyway uh professor of jurisprudence at princeton dropped some bombshell tweets on sunday making the case that transgenderism is nothing more than a superstitious belief (laughs) these are tweets he wrote these are little blurbs quote there are few superstitious beliefs as absurd as the idea that a woman can be trapped in a man's body and vice versa. But in the age of feeling, dot, 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 which we talked about last episode, that we only feel good. But another tweet. With Obama's bathroom edict, the right of parents to direct the upbringing and education of children is in graver peril than ever. Vouchers. I'm game for that. Wow. Quote. A person's belief that he or she is something they are not is at best a sign of confused thinking. This is the American College of Pediatricians. This is a quote from them. When an otherwise healthy biological boy believes he is a girl or an otherwise healthy biological girl believes she is a boy, an objective psychological program exists that lies in the mind, not the body. Psychological problem. And it should be treated as such. This line of logical thinking runs directly opposite of the Obama administration, which perceives the mental illness known as gender dysphoria as some sort of healthy condition.
0: The mental illness! Oh, the, yeah! The facts be damned. Bam!
2: <laughs> Quote, Because what the hell did Barack Obama ever care about facts? Nope.
0: Who Ob- said that? Um, that that whatever. professor of jurisprudence? Mm,
4: uh,
2: someone... Who wrote this article? Oh, okay. Saxena.
0: Okay. Anyways. Anyway,
2: yeah. Um, Obama and those in his administration prefer to live in their own delusional bubble where up is down, down is up, and it's perfectly normal, even healthy for a boy to wear a dress and pretend to be something he's not and never will be. Frankfurt School. (laughs) Another quote from the American Pediatric Association, right? Mm -hmm. American College of Pediatricians, sorry. Mm -hmm. Endorsing gender discordance is no as normal pub bleh. endorsing gender discordance as normal via public education and legal policies will confuse children and parents leading more children to present to gender clinics where they will be given puberty blocking drugs conditioning children into believing that a lifetime of chemical and surgical impersonation of the opposite sex is normal and healthful as is child abuse again you
0: brought this up a few shows ago and if if they're going to continue on with this, they have to they have to shut down all clinics that that um, that serve people with anorexia and bulimia. They have to shut them all down because they don't have a problem. The problem is in their brain.
2: It's not a problem.
0: It's not a problem. No, it's actually <clears throat> healthy. It wouldn't be healthy. Yeah, it, we should celebrate the fact you that bet. they're a fat they person they... and yeah. yeah. And actually, we could just send them to Holland because uh they're euthanizing people who uh who just are too depressed and uh they can't they can't be cured so they're euthanizing them and uh, <clears throat> actually there was one lady and this is horrible they they euthanized her because she was a compulsive cleaner and she she just couldn't she couldn't uh uh beat the habit they killed her? So they killed her. Yeah. So I think that that's... I mean, if they're going to be consistent, how about you be consistent? Um, you know, when, when people have this kind of problem, maybe you just put them down, huh? Isn't that... Wow. So we had a psychiatrist.
2: And not to say that he is like, like pure as the driven snow. He's a loon still. But, uh, but the, for, for someone with medical training to come out and make the claim that this is not normal.
0: Here, here's, okay, in my opinion, here is why he is more credible than potentially, not more credible. I'm not saying more right but more credible in, in, a, in, a, in a, the bigger picture than somebody who maybe is more conservative. And that is, if he's a liberal generally in politics and other things, he's swimming in this direction. And so it would take very little, because he has colleagues who believe this garbage, it would take very, very little effort just to continue on. He wouldn't even have to say anything. He could keep his mouth shut and just continue on to get paid well and whatnot. But to turn and actually speak the truth tells you that um, he is actually um, solely interested in the truth and not some kind of political agenda that he is uh, pushing.
2: Or he's playing to the right, which could be.
0: Yeah, but uh, usually...
2: I mean, for somebody... Hello, hello? But for anyone to come out and say you, th- this is a straight-up mental illness... Exactly. I'll say it out loud. You guys are crazy. There's no proof of this, no evidence.
0: College of Pediatricians, they recognize it's horrible for children. Right. When
2: everyone, it seems like, is saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I know people like that. It's okay. It's normal. Yeah, they're transitioning. It's good. No, it isn't.
0: Well, not everybody says it's good. I'm going to play this clip. Uh... This is a really good clip, clip, and he makes an outstanding point. It's from um, what's his name, uh, Bill O'Reilly. Thanks, with Withers,
6: and Bill O'Reilly in the Miller Time segment tonight. The Family Policy Institute of Washington <laughs> State asked some students at Seattle University about gender.
4: Is there a
2: difference in your mind between men and women? Um,
0: no. Yes. I mean. She had this confused no, look on yes. her face. It was like, <laughs> mm. and it it was absolutely, yeah, it, she had this confused look on her face. She'll continue on. In,
4: um, possibly, in
1: general, yes, but I don't know why I think
0: that. I don't, in general, yes, but I don't know why I think that. Here we go. Keep going. Socially, currently, yes, there is. There is no need for that difference to exist uh, scientifically and logically. There is no difference for that to exist scientifically and logically. How do you make babies? Exactly. Um, Take off your pants. Is there any difference between you and a lady? Yes, there is. So scientifically... There is. Do you have ovaries, fella? No. So scientifically and logically, you're different. Plus, you're a moron.
3: <laughs> if you think that you're a male, if you think that you're a female, that matters more than. The
2: Whoa! What? There's not. If you think if, if you think it, it matters more than if you
0: are. Yep. Much difference besides what society forces on people.
2: I don't think there's any one way to really distinguish between a man or a woman, and I don't think it's necessary.
6: Again, that was a legitimate survey, not Hold on, world. hold
2: on, hold on. Go back to that last girl. Okay. Boy, I assume she's a girl. She sounds like a girl. Is she a girl? Yeah. Okay. Does she think she is? No. Uh, she. If she thinks she is, it's good. She looks like a girl. But it doesn't matter. Does she
0: think she is? Yeah, how she's dressed. I don't care how she's dressed Does she thinks she's a girl. I'm going to have to say, based upon how she's dressed, how she talks, <laughs> how she acts, she thinks she's a girl.
2: It looks like a chicken. It talks like a chicken. <clears throat> it
0: walks like a chicken. If she was born with ovaries, she's a girl.
2: I don't think there's any one
5: way to really distinguish between a man or a woman, and I don't think it's necessary.
4: For,
2: <laughs> it's college kids, right?
0: Yes. You have to be college educated to be that stupid. Anyway, I don't
2: think there's any way to tell. Did she did we go back? Did she say that for real?
0: Go back to her. Um let's go here. Come on. Not much difference besides what society forces onto people.
2: I don't think there's any one way to really distinguish between a man.
0: So taking off your pants, that's not, or maybe getting a CAT scan or a DNA sample, that that's not one way?
5: Or a woman, and I don't think it's necessary.
0: But the reason I'm playing this is that I don't think that they're stupid, and Dennis Miller says something that... Just really made me realize, aha. So you know we'll keep going. Again,
6: that was a legitimate survey, not Waters World. Joining us from Santa Barbara, the sage of Southern California, Dennis Miller. You know, things are different since we attended college, eh, Miller? <laughs> I couldn't see anything else but the difference in college <laughs> <laughs> four years. These kids can't see the forest for the lack of a tree, for God's sake. What are they? Kidding me? You know what I see in that video, Billy? I see fear. Honest to God, people will say oh they're stupid. They're not stupid. Kids aren't stupid. Uh, are they brainwashed a little? Yeah, sure they are. But mostly I see fear. If you say anything at a college campus now, oh, man, you're you are going to shreds. Ostracized. They can't even listen to smoking in the boys' room by Brownsville station. It's got to be smoking in the trans room. <laughs> Nobody can do anything <laughs> over there.
0: I I totally agree. Yeah. They, Cuz they're looking around and they want to be accepted. And they know, because they have a camera on them, so they don't know who this guy is. It mm-hmm. could be a reporter. Mm-hmm. They don't know if it's going to come up in the in TV or whatever. And uh, there's no, or there's very little difference between this and other totalitarian regimes mm-hmm. um, in the past. You, you toe the line, if you don't toe the line, um, here comes the hammer. So... <clears throat> I thought that was very insightful. Are you equating our college system to Hitler? I'm thinking more c- communism. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Tiptoe. <laughs> <window>, Tiny Tim. <laughs> Tiptoe through the with me.
2: exactly what we need to be doing folks <laughs> let's just tiptoe through the tulips, through the tulips because if you say truth it's controversial you're evil
0: and he wasn't even gay
2: The David Allen Show
0: Bringing you You did that co- very well <laughs> You got range
2: <laughs> Something You got something Yeah DavidAllenShow.com Yeah wow. isn't that interesting That's so special Oh I. It, it just makes you sad So sad Oh I guess we're still going it <laughs> makes you so sad For the uh The group of children that are being thrown onto the potter's wheel of the college system. Yeah. What? (laughs) Wow. He
4: really switched.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. I mean, but I I think it's even more essential now for parents to actually be parents in kids' lives, mm-hmm. you can't uh, pawn off educating your chi- your children to the church or the school. You mm-hmm. have to do the hard work yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to do that, there's not a void out there. There's something out there that is going to influence your children. <clears throat> so if you're not going to do it, somebody else will. So I thought of this analogy this week, and I like
2: it. I'm going to build on it and maybe... Who knows what, where it's going to go. But when children are born, they are like a block of clay that's moldable and pliable and ready. As the parent's job, it's our job to mold our children, to form them into what God has called them to be. Yep. Into that purpose, to, to deliberately put them in the shape that God has called them to be. And then to harden that shape. And we do that through our involvement, through praying for them, through teaching them, through discipline, through encouraging, through showing them love, through showing them what true love is, through showing that consistency, and teaching them the foundations of truth and building that so they know who they are, they know what they believe, they know why they believe it. So when we shove them into the world, after you know, after they don't live with us anymore, we push them off, whether it. They go into the workplace, or they go to a college system to learn. They are not soft, pliable pieces of clay anymore. Yep. Still, they are fired once. Now they may not be pretty. They may not have the um, the color. They may they not, might have, not be refined. They may not have that refined, that polished, that porcelain edge, that lacquer. They may not have the detail put on them. That comes later, but that shape has to be done at home with the parents because
0: if you don't do it somebody else oh will.
2: Th- that's what they want they yeah. want moldable pieces of clay yeah. they don't want pieces of clay pieces of pottery that are already made yeah that all they get to do is just put on the the pretty they want to mold them into the shape they want first before they put their pretty on them so i was trying encouraging one of our college kids this week that it's important that you go to college as a hardened as a once-fired piece of pottery already. Yeah, and then get the rest of it done. That's fine, but your foundation is solid and it's real. Yeah. So really, what we need to have these teach our kids to do, and what we need to teach our parents to do, is, and for these kids, is to to get fired first. Yeah. Absolutely. And then they go. They can't be. Mo- they can be broken, but that takes a whole lot more. But the the point of that is to further refine the the polish on them Mm -hmm. not the
0: shape Mm -hmm. um and it it is the job of the parents to seek out truth to examine what they believe to see if it is consistent with reality to see if it is consistent with the things that they know that are true Mm Mm-hmm. So that they can articulate it to, the, to their children. Because one of the worst things that you can do to a small child is say, believe this. Why? Because I tell you to. Or why? Because Just because the Bible says so. Uh, why? Because the, the pastor said so. <clears throat> you have to actually go and you have to actually understand Scripture. You have to understand how the world works. I mean, you're absolutely right. and. Uh, The parents, too, they need to understand who their children are and what their children are like, what their temperament is like. If you're a young man, um, you're going to be flooded with testosterone that is going to get you to act in a different way than a young lady. So you have to understand, I mean, and it's not something, I mean, it's so easy to make children. It's so hard to mold children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's one of those things that it has to be a wholehearted commitment, like you were saying. Otherwise, it's like pushing your, you know, going out in the middle of the lake and pushing your kid out of the boat and rowing to shore. I mean, you know, some of the kids might make it to shore, but most will drown, you know. But those ones that did will be tough. (laughs) They'll be tough. Yeah, like a boy named Sue. (laughs) Yeah. I named you that so that you'd grow up tough. You know, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um I uh my daughter showed me this article from the Star Tribune that happened down in Edina. And it shows it's another example of um people who who don't realize that reality doesn't care what you think. Oh. <clears throat> um There's, uh, let's see here. The title of this is Judge Says Transgender Man Has Plausible Case He Was Mistreated at Hospital. And it says Jacob Rumble was in severe pain when he came to the emergency room of Fairview Southdale Hospital in a dino with his mother. What happened next provoked a federal lawsuit by the West St. Paul resident and a decision by U.S. District Judge Susan Richard Nelson.
2: What? Susan Richard Nelson? Susan Richard!
4: Well,
2: (laughs) no, 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 no. It's a hyphenated last name, right?
0: No! What? No! It says Susan. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. No, it's a female. Or is it? (laughs) Anyways. Susan's middle name? Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, I'll keep reading. (laughs) It just struck me as funny, because first name Sue, middle name Richard, not quite sure. Anyways, um, the U.S. District Judge, who may or may not have ovaries, um, uh, the this, decision is being hailed. This, this, could, this could change the uh, the logic behind the decision. I know. <laughs> it's being hailed by national transgender and gay rights organizations. Nelson ruled, ruled this week that Rumble, who identifies, you know, it says himself, but I'm going to say herself. So I'm going to use <laughs> actual appropriate gender. I'm not going to, yeah. Uh, this oh, Rumble. So, so it's a guy playing a girl part. No, it's a girl. Oh, thinking that yeah, she's, who, she's a guy. Yeah. It okay, takes okay. hormones mm-hmm. and whatnot to be a man. Mm-hmm. Who identifies herself as a transgender man has built a plausible case, quote unquote, that he that she was a victim of discrimination and mistreatment by an emergency room doctor on the basis of gender identity. The judge denied a notion by the doctor's employer in Fairway or Fairview to dismiss the case. <clears throat> so what happened? Um, since the two thousand and thirteen incident, Rumble says she has feared making visits alone to health providers. I was traumatized by the whole experience, Rumble said in an interview. She's identified in court documents as a female to male transgender man. The suit said Rumble's female reproductive organs were inflamed and she could hardly walk despite antibiotic treatment by her primary care physician.
2: But but you're changing it to her, right? The yes. article
0: says his. Yeah.
2: So his okay. female reproductive organs. I'll they wrote the, this.
0: Okay. Now. Okay. For, I, for the purpose of insanity, read it. I'm going to read it, and I'm not going to change written. it. The suit said Rumble's female product reproductive organs were inflamed and he could hardly walk despite antibiotic treatment by his primary care physician. At one point, he had a temperature of 104 degrees and a doctor later said he could have died without treatment. Rumble said he registered at the Fairview Southdale ER on June 22, 2013, identifying himself as a male but he was told by a clerk he was on file as a female. She gave him a wristband with an F on it. I was very upset, said Rumble. My identity was disregarded. It wasn't like I hadn't explained it. When an ER doctor showed up after four and a half hours, he asked Rumble in a hostile and an aggressive manner, who are you having sex with? The suit alleges. Rumble asked what he meant, and the doctor asked men, women, or both. Rumble said the doctor seemed angry. He asked Rumble if he engaged in penetration and if he ever had sex with objects. He was in my face asking very personal questions and very repetitive questions about my sex life, said Rumble in a Star Tribune interview. The doctor examined Rumble's genitalia in a very rough manner, the suit says. At one point, Rumble claimed he felt like he'd been stabbed. He said he cried out in pain and asked the doctor to stop, but he didn't. The suit says Rumble turned to his mother and said, Mom, can you make him stop? His mother yelled, Stop, and the doctor complied. When Rumble asked if he had determined the problem, the doctor allegedly, allegedly said in an angry voice, I can't tell you because your mom made me stop the exam. <laughs> He then left the room. We, Rumble, Rumble was admitted two hours later, fearful about how he would be treated. Rumble asked his mother not to leave, like a man. Like he st- he stood up like a man and asked mommy to mommy stay. stay. The mother slept on a chair in the room for the next six days. Weeks after he left the hospital, he got a bill stating diagnosis inconsistent with the patient's gender. Ah! Whoa! In a ruling that the case should go forward. Okay. Um, it it was basically it was unprofessional behavior by the doctor, which
2: is probably true. Which
0: is true. Um, <clears throat> and a fact finder could infer discriminatory intent because he uh, he he had unprofessional behavior because this moron comes in. I shouldn't say moron. This mentally ill person comes mm-hmm. in, saying that she's a man when she isn't. I I I think I think yeah, you know maybe he should be cens- uh, c- censored or something like that. But uh this this mentally ill person who is diagnosed with inflamed reproductive or female ovaries, reproductive right? organs or ovaries or fallopian tube okay. or uterus and then to make the uh then to tell him tell the doctor that she is a he
4: <laughs>
0: i'm sorry she sh- she should have been put on a 72 hour hold because that's insanity um <laughs> but mommy was there but mommy was there and mommy saved the day i'm sorry for being snarky but this kind of stuff you're not you're not doing this jacob any favors by uh by allowing him to wallow In mental illness. And that's exactly what's going on. (laughs) Here's another thing that was... I'll just say this real quick before... um, (laughs) There's this guy. His name is Eric Cavanaugh, and he doesn't have the typical lean, long dancer's body, but that hasn't stopped him from spending the last six years perfecting his art. The performer who practices contemporary modern and ballet dancing has been posting videos of himself dancing on Instagram alongside the hashtags, uh, Dancers Come In All Sizes and Passion Over Perception. And that his goal is to transform the idea of the perfect dancer's body. I want the world to see that dancers are capable of coming in any size. Well, when you look at this guy, <clears throat> he weighs at least 300 pounds, maybe 350. And um, he wants to be a ballet dancer. Well, there's a reason why ballet dancers are thin. It's because they might have to perform for like an hour or two. And flip about the stage. Exactly. I mean, if you weigh three hundred pounds, guess what? You can't jump as high as somebody who weighs one hundred and fifty. That's called physics. That's called physics. So, I'm sorry, Chris Farley, <laughs> but you're not going to get the Chippendale job. And it's not the ballet company's fault. I mean, I thought that was a, that was a, an article that is that it's not just about that the transgender thing is a symptom. It's not the core thing. Correct. This the the core the core issue is is that people pretend like reality isn't real. That we can change reality if we want to bad enough, and you can't. I'm never going to be six feet four inches tall. Never. Maybe with stilts.
2: But 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 I mean if this guy can go off and be a ballet dancer, then I should be able to go play in the NBA. Now, the unfortunate piece is <laughs> there was a, a Muggsy Bogues, five foot three. Yeah, but he could played, dunk it. He could jump and he was very good.
0: Right. That was because but he was that, a genetic freak. Abnormal, right? Yes. <laughs> now you can watch this um this guy dance. And he does the pirouette and spins and, and whatnot. But he is definitely not as good as a professional ballet dancer. Mm-hmm. It would be like um, <clears throat> I can play Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star on the Piano <laughs> versus quinkle, quinkle. George Winston. Mm-hmm. And if he wanted to be that that good, he would have to lose weight. He would have to get flexible. Well, let's think about this. If he's going to dance about, don't you think he'll lose weight?
2: Or does he dance and then go eat Big Macs? He must. Because Rock and roll McDonald's.
0: <laughs> That's what he dances to. Oh, we got to match up. We got to get some of his songs, that those songs, and match it up with his videos. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And again... I mean, the guy's trying. He wants to do something with it. I, I, I get it. But on the flip side, I don't think that he should be uh, um, uh, protected from what's coming his way when he goes and actually. He, should, he needs to understand that reality is real, regardless of whether or not he thinks it's that way. So when he goes and he's mocked and he's laughed at, I'm sorry, dude. Um, If you weigh 100 pounds, if you're 100 pounds overweight, I don't care. You can say it's a thyroid condition. It's not. (laughs) There is no way you can get 100 or 150 or 200 pounds overweight simply because of the thyroid. It is because there is too many calories going into your body. And you're expending too little. (laughs) Not enough going out.
2: This is The David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com. This. (laughs) The artist and widow of John Lennon, who is in Los Angeles, to present a collection of cups and saucers she's exhibiting at the Museum of Modern Art, totally took reporters by surprise by admitting that she had not only met the former first lady at various times during a series of protests against the Vietnam War in New York in the 1970s, but also knew her intimately. The celebrity admitted laughingly to having a fling with her at the time and acknowledged her election, quote, would be a great advancement for LGBT and women's rights in America. Oh! We quote we met many times during the New York Vietnam War protests in the 70s and became very intimate. We shared many of the same values about sexual equality, fighting against the authoritarian, patriarchal, male-dominated society we were raised in. We had a brief romantic fling when I lived with John in Manhattan and Hillary was studying at Yale, but eventually we lost touch. I'm amazed how things are going well for her and wish her the best for her campaign.
0: And Bill said, that's hot.
2: <laughs> this is the David Allen Show, davidallenshow.com. That's ridiculous. <laughs> on Facebook, the David Allen Show. Uh, we're on uh, the iTunes, if you care to subscribe. And or if you are a arrogant and snobbish Samsung user, we're on the Google Play Store as well. Oh. Huh. <laughs> And it's becoming more and more. If you are a Samsung phone user, you are way better than iPhone. Oh,
0: no. so much better. <laughs> so it's the opposite of the Mac.
2: Well, I PC. mean, they still claim that if you are an Apple fanboy, you are so you, you think you're better than everyone. But in doing that, they're actually being oh, Samsung is so much better. Oh, they have such better phones. So they're hypocrites. <laughs> no. <laughs> davidallenshow.com This is the David Allen show. Bow yeah. I think. I think. I think davidallenshow.com. Woo. Well, well. The examiner.com is stating that Roughly this time last year, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton informed the world that 31,830 deleted emails on her possibly illegal home-brewed server were of a personal nature. So there really is no reason for anyone to fret that national security was ever compromised. At the time, it was understood that the only ones who would have known if Secretary Clinton was lying would have been Madam Secretary herself. And the ostensibly hand-picked Team Hillary Crew, Hillary crew who did the actual deleting. Well, that is until now. As reported by Edmund Kozak of the Polizet News Portal on May 11, 2016, and also by Fox News, it turns out that the Russians just so happen to have approximately 20,000 of the 62,320 emails that were on the very same email server that's now at the crux of the FBI criminal investigation aimed directly at the presumptive Democratic presidential nominee. Oh. Go, Russia!
0: She, she said that most of them were between her and Bill, and then Bill came out and said, I've only done two. Just <laughs>
4: <Right.
0: laughs> me and my family. Just me and my family. Or not. Do you think she'll choose Bill as her, as her VP? I don't know.
2: <laughs> there, no, her uh, Minister of Finance, I think is what she wants. Good idea. Put him in charge of the finance. <laughs> it's just...
5: Bombshell in the investigation Bom- into Hillary Clinton's email bombshell. Scandal. The State Department now says it cannot find any of the emails from the Clinton staffer responsible for setting up the infamous private server.
2: Not that.
5: None of them. Joining me now, Fox News senior judicial analyst, Judge Andrew Napolitano. All right, so I don't know if this is a bombshell. Is this a bombshell?
6: It, it's a bombshell. It's something that causes Say it, judge it closer and closer to a perfect storm for Mrs. Clinton. There's a lot of moving parts last week her five closest aides were interviewed by the department of justice and the fbi one of them reportedly said i don't remember i don't remember i don't remember red flag to the fbi next week mrs clinton will be interviewed by the fbi even though she told all kinds of reporters over the weekend i've never heard for them of course she never heard from them her lawyer has heard from them mm-hmm. next week her closest aides will be giving a deposition and an examination under oath outside of the courtroom on the whereabouts of emails. Now we find out tonight that the most significant of her staffers, the guy she paid five thousand dollars to to commit a felony to migrate her secret emails from a government server.
2: Hang to on. A hang on. If you commission someone to create a
0: felony, are you uh, complicit in that crime? Well, if you hire somebody to kill somebody, are you complicit in that crime? Sounds like it. Huh? <laughs> it sure
6: does. <laughs> Your personal <laughs> server, her IT specialist, they can't find his emails. And at the same time, we learned there's a debate going on in the Kremlin between the foreign ministry and the intelligence services about whether or not they should release the 20,000... <laughs> this is clinton's emails ah, ah. that they have hacked into and received <laughs> and stored all of this is happening let's ask Russians oh, right.
5: but wait now let me walk you back to the use of the f-word come on and i'm Megan. not talking about mofo we're right. talking about that's felony. m right genius um, because that I'm
2: sorry, that just shows she's an idiot. It remains to be
5: seen, and the leaks that we got over the past couple of days were that mm, they're not finding any intentional conduct by Mrs. Clinton in connection with this server that would be needed to justify these charges. I am
6: sorry that those leaks are coming out because they are absolutely wrong and they're being leaked by people ignorant of the law. Because this statute, espionage, the failure to keep secure state secrets that have been entrusted to you,
2: espionage that's a big one
6: does no. not require that the government prove intent
2: it doesn't it's not Co- an intent law <gasps>
6: correct it what? is a Ooh. rare federal crime that the government can prove by gross negligence so your listeners can tell us oh. if 2200 emails containing state secrets sent or received via a non-secure server is enough for gross negligence mm-hmm. As, they, they may
5: not find that I, I get your point but that just because the number itself does not mean she was grossly negligent it does depend on the content of they what can was in prove there.
6: intent if they want to because there's an email from mrs clinton to one of the five of her aides saying that e- that document you have that says secret on it white out the word secret i want to read it tonight fax it from your home fax machine to my home fax machine now if that's not an intention To move a state secret from a secure place to a non-secure place, you tell me what it is. But it
5: depends on who originated the the top-secret designation, right? If if it came from the State Department, wouldn't it be within her her purview to say, it's not top-secret, I've declared it thus?
6: No, because on her first day in office, she signed an oath. And that oath says a document is secret because of the contents in the document, not because it is declared or stamped secret. And she promised that as the Secretary of State, she understood her obligation to recognize secrets when she sees them, whether they're marked secret or not.
5: Look at him go. You can just.
0: Oh, oh. Huh. Uh, she'll never. This this won't see the, the light of day. I guarantee you, because nobody has any guts. Trey Gowdy would, but nobody else, because they're they're gutless wonders. So, <clears throat> so the the Russians have twenty thousand
2: emails uh, from Hillary's server. it was what? everyone does it. It's fine. Everyone does these servers.
0: You know, I wonder if if they were talking and Putin went, <clears throat> "Um, oh, <laughs> uh, did you ask me? <laughs> <laughs> do you have them? <laughs> Maybe I do." <clears throat> oh, and and what is crazy is look what nixon did compared to this look what nixon did compared to yeah. this um and she was the was one of the people that was going after nixon the fun. hypocrisy yeah. is oh, stunning mm-hmm.
2: yes it is You know who this guy is, right?
3: Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing.
2: Yes. Well, turns out, what what is one of the biggest complaints that all the left has about Trump? Whoa, he's what, what's he gonna do? Um, what is his like his the thing he stood on the whole time? What's he gonna do when he comes president? I don't know. Really? Who's going to pay for it?
0: Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He's going yeah. to build a wall, wall.
2: because yeah. we need to have uh, legal immigration. Mm-hmm. We can't have uncontrolled illegal immigration. We need legal immigration. Mm-hmm. So this um, found the other day. If it will open up.
3: Tell me. One of these areas is the problem of illegal immigration.
4: Who's
0: that? That, now, I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but that sounds like uh, former President Bill Clinton.
2: Slick Willie is like we, what we like to call him. Thanks, Rush. <laughs> Tell me when this happened. We're going to.
3: One of these areas is the problem of illegal immigration. We have
6: to stop the inflow of illegals coming into our country.
3: This administration has taken a strong stand to stiffen the protection of our borders. We will build a wall. It will do what it's supposed to do. Keep illegal immigrants out. We are increasing border controls by 50%. We're going to have a border. It's going to be a real border. We have a country. We have to have borders. We are increasing inspections to prevent the hiring of illegal immigrants. And tonight, I announce I will sign an executive order to deny federal contracts to businesses that hire illegal immigrants. What are we going to do about illegal hiring? You can be very very strong. It could be a huge financial penalty. It could be beyond these being fine. Fine. Is that
6: the with and with the oh, and are you for methods. it? I'm for it.
3: We should honor every legal immigrant here working hard to be a good citizen, but we are also a nation of laws. We have a country, we have to have laws. We either have a country or we don't.
2: Huh, that was um, <clears throat> the 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 first black president of the United States. Oh. Bill Clinton. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> who I believe it's his wife. They say that is running to be the Democratic really? president. Really? Yeah. And condemning what, his wife. <laughs> I think so. Condemning, oh. condemning. They said that twice uh-huh. or three times. Um,
0: well, maybe he did it three bing, times. Mr. Bong,
2: Trump bong, bing, 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 bing. for saying he wants to do the same thing that Bill did.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Boy, I bet her face is red. <laughs> huh? She had no idea that. I don't think so. That she he's saying not. the exact same she thing. She must that her, not have been there. Uh, yeah, yeah. She was probably <laughs> serving tea to, uh, I don't know, other leaders' wives when they would come and visit the White House as a good wife. Well, yeah. You know. That sounds about person, right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, mike this is my question Mm -hmm. um is this is this is this hypocrisy okay okay i i you know i don't uh, okay i i i'm wrong i'm okay Mm -hmm. it's clear it's clear it's clear i i
2: just have to do this again because it reminded me of it for some reason
6: (laughs) You'll be to t- just uh, get unlimited pleasure. You'll feel like ten times the best orgasm for three days if you want strength. They're taking, taking the, the DNT. Hitler took the DMT. Stalin took the DNT. Mal took the DNT. The D and the D and the DMT. Handler took for the DMT. Stalin took for the DNT. Mal took <clears> the DMT. <throat> the, the D and the D and the DMT. Hitler took for the DNT Stalin took for the DNT mal took for the DNT the D and the D and the DNT Hitler took for the DNT Stalin took for the DNT mal took for the DNT the D and the D and the DNT there's the owners of true frequency radio uh, they believe they're communicating with entities they call them elves. not going to get into what they're interfacing with they believe they're in contact with off world groups Chris Geo, uh, true frequency radio he takes it you see the elves little green hats we're in trouble ladies and gentlemen we're in trouble in trouble the clockwork elves all of it i shouldn't even get into it there's a reason bing, they're, bing, bang, their minds. Bang, they're bang. taking dmt what and the point is is that their whole science is is way ahead and we don't even know what they've got they're in power because they're taking the dmt kepler <gasps> took the, the DMT. dmt stalin took the, the dmt wow. Mao took the Chris Gio took the DNT. Hitler took the DNT. Stalin took the DNT. Mao took the DNT. The DNT. The
4: DNT. Wow. (laughs) I had to go back.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It just started ringing in my head. Uh, Speaking of Mr. Trump again. Okay. In Richmond oh richmond 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 virginia the richmond times dispatch may 17 2016 mary ann noland passed away the obituary reads faced with the prospect of voting for either donald trump or hillary clinton mary ann noland of richmond chose instead to pass into eternal pass into the eternal love of god on sunday May 15, 2016, at the age of 68.
0: She didn't kill herself, did she? That's the for real
2: obituary. She lost the, the will The Richmond Times to live? Dispatch. Well, the mm-hmm. prospects of Trump or Hillary just were too much to bear.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of tragic yeah, if it, that's... It, yeah. Wow. Well, okay. Not
2: to make light of someone's passing, but when you make your obituary say that...
0: Speaking of passing, mm. um, <clears throat> this is from the express.co.uk. There's a study. Scientists reveal shock findings from break. A groundbreaking study. This isn't from the Babylon Bee.
2: Oh, so it's legit. hmm
0: Huh. According to this article, life after death has been confirmed by scientists who have what? discovered consciousness continues even once a person has died. Do they have to kill people to get that study? That's huh. what I want to know. Huh. Who has to
2: die in order to get... Um, how do you sign up for that? Yeah, I'd like to be part of that study. Well, what they did is...
0: Uh, Excellent. Yeah. They, um... And my computer is acting up. They got 2,000 um, people. If you, 2, only, if you people, only had
2: a Mac, it'd be fine. If you had a Mac,
0: <laughs> They had, um... In a large-scale study of more than 2,000 people... They they interviewed in three different countries, I believe it was. And it has been believed that the brain stopped all activity 30 seconds after the heart has stopped, pumping blood around the body, and with that, awareness ceases too. Because according to the materialistic view of how the brain works, you need electrical activity in order to store memories. And if there is no electrical activity, you can't store memories, so you shouldn't remember anything. And what they did, they interviewed 2,060 patients from Austria, the U.S., and the U.K., and um, they interviewed them, Um, 2,060 people who survived cardiac arrest, and almost 40% said that they recall some form of awareness after being pronounced clinically dead. Um, The lead researcher said, this suggests more people may have uh, mental activity initially, but then lose their memories after recovery, either due to the effects of brain injury or sedative drugs on memory recall. Of those who said they experienced some awareness, just 2% said that their experience was consistent with the feeling of an outer body, out-of-body experience, where one feels completely aware and can hear and see what's going on. Almost half the respondents said the experience was not of awareness, but rather of fear. However, the most significant finding of the study is that of a 57-year-old man who is perhaps the first confirmed outer body experience in a patient
2: out of body. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: The man was able to recall with eerie accuracy what was going on around him after he had died temporarily. The lead researcher said this is significant since it has often been assumed that experiences in relation to death are likely hallucinations or illusions occurring either before the heart stops or after the heart has been successfully restarted, but not an experience corresponding with real events when the heart isn't beating. In this case, consciousness and awareness appear to occur during a three-minute period when there was no heartbeat. This is paradoxical since the brain typically ceases functioning within 20 to 30 seconds of the heart stopping and doesn't resume again until the heart has been restarted. Furthermore, the detailed recollections of visual awareness in this case were consistent with verified events. So it it also proves that your memories aren't stored in your brain. They're stored somewhere else. Because if they were stored in your brain, he, he shouldn't have had any memories.
2: Or the idea that your brain shuts off is
0: uh, inaccurate. No. That's not...
2: <laughs> what? Why can't that be right?
0: Because if they knock somebody out with medication. A baseball bat? Or medication. (laughs) You can do this all the day long when there is no electrical activity in the brain and the heart is still beating. Mm -hmm. There is no memory. Because nothing's going on. They're unconscious. Mm. There's no activity. That's why when they talk about people being brain dead Mm -hmm. or, you know, they look to see electrical activity in the brain and they can they can hook it up on different parts of your of your brain and put on a TV program, and they can tell based upon which part of your brain lights up mm-hmm. where the activity is what you're actually looking at. So, <clears throat> they've always believed, uh, materialistic scientists who don't believe in life after death or that this is all this is, that... All of your thinking corresponds to the chemical and electrical activity in your brain. But when it ceases, you Hmm. shouldn't have any memories at all because all of the people that...
2: So are they claiming that there's
0: passive absorption of memory Mm -mm. or of, of awareness? No, not them. They're saying there's consciousness continues on. But the implication has to be that somehow your memory doesn't isn't necessarily tied to anchored the in brain. your head. Mm-hmm. So, are you saying that we're spiritual beings? <clears throat> hmm. I think what it is, um, I know I've I've read people made this analogy that when you turn on the TV mm-hmm. and you watch a program. It would be easy to think that the program is actually happening in the TV. Mm-hmm. And if you take a baseball bat and beat up the TV. Oh, people feel bad. <laughs> well, <laughs> it might screw up some of, of what you're watching. Mm-hmm. It might not. You might not be able to see it as well, or you might not be able to see it at all, but that doesn't mean that the program isn't working.
4: Oh,
2: so,
0: okay. Yeah, yeah. So our brain is right. basically the TV. The screen. Okay. And our program is somewhere else, Our who we are exists outside of where we're at so interesting
2: are you breaking stuff over there
0: oh all the time <clears throat> there was an interesting there was a um <clears throat> a lady about 20 years ago she had a brain aneurysm mm-hmm. and um bleeding on the brain well or a, under, a bulge a, a, and that a, it was going to burst a and kill her broke <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah and so they had to operate her she was going to die mm-hmm. and in order and it was likely that she was gonna die during this operation and what they did is they, they lowered just killed her anyway. Basically they did. They um they lowered her uh um her temperature to like ninety degrees mm-hmm. to slow down the metabolism of her body <clears throat> <coughs> stopped her heart from beating and went in and operated. And when this whole thing happened when she came back oh yeah, the other thing is she had tape over her eyes, and in her ears, she had um, um, ear earplugs, and they would um, they would cause a, a, a loud sound, a loud beep, to go on into her ears. And the reason why they did that is they were measuring the electrical activity in her brain. And if she was conscious, if she started becoming oh, conscious, then it would react to it that. Would, it would react mm-hmm. to it. <clears throat> so she couldn't see. She couldn't hear and she said when when her heart stopped she popped out of her body and she watched what was going on and when she came back she explained to them she told them what she saw and there was no possible way that she could have known what she saw or what they were talking about and she did wow and this sort of thing happens all the time um but Sounds like crazy talk. It sounds like crazy talk, but it it absolutely shatters the materialistic viewpoint. Oh, that once you're dead, you're gone. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Exactly. Huh.
2: <clears throat> so, th- one of the things that you say to me a lot when asked about, we're kind of wrap, wrapping back around to this insanity in our um deciding whether we want to be a man or, or a yeah. boy or a girl. um. One of your phrases, which I, I like your stance, is that that's not a hill you're willing to die on. Oh. Ba- uh-huh. Based on a belief. Yeah, I believe this, but if someone else does, it's not the end of the world. Yep. It's not a hill you're willing to die on. Well, according to David Limbaugh, who is a yep. rather intelligent writer. Rush's brother. Yeah, he's just not bombastic and out front. Yes. He's, he's an attorney, though. He's so <laughs> smart. That's true. So so he's smart. That's nice. Put those together. Good. Oh, he's an attorney. Oh, good. He's smart.
0: Well, he doesn't have a soul, (laughs) but he's
2: smart. The headline of his article, May 17, on townhall.com, resisting Obama's transgender directive, a hill to die on.
0: Yeah, I'd say so.
2: To achieve its political ends, the left doesn't just assault the Constitution through the appointment of liberal activist judges. There are a variety of other leftist abuses, such as politicizing the department's Of justice and education. In its mission statement, the Justice Department states that one of its aims is to, quote, ensure fair and impartial administration of justice for all Americans. That goal underscores cherished principles of American jurisprudence and the Constitution, including the preamble's commitment to, quote, establish justice, the Constitution's guarantee of equal protection under the law and the rule of law itself. Justice is supposed to be blind, in the sense of impartiality and being free from political influences. The rule of law ensures that we have a government of laws, not men, meaning that no one is above the law and everyone should be treated equally. The law must be fairly applied and enforced, or it will cease to function as a safeguard of rights and a guarantor of justice. The political left subscribes to these principles only by lip service, if at all, because its overarching goal "...is to accomplish its policy goals, irrespective of the damage it does to the very process that guarantees our liberties. This is why the left, without remorse, appoints results-oriented activist judges whom they vow not as protectors of the Constitution and law, but as vehicles to advance its political agenda by any means necessary, including twisting the meaning of constitutional and statutory provisions and even inventing rights out of whole cloth." It's why it doesn't even blink when one of its own usurps legislative authority and issues lawless executive orders in contravention of the people's will, even while knowing he has no constitutional authority to do so. It's why it deliberately refuses to enforce immigration laws. It's why it blackmails state governments through the threat of withholding funds into doing the will of the federal government. It's why it privately applauds the use of the IRS to target its political opponents, And it's why it stacks the Judicial Department with radical leftists whose mission to effect changes in policy supersedes its duty of ensuring the fair and impartial administration of justice. As such, it's no surprise that the Obama administration has issued an edict barring, quote, discrimination against students based on their gender identity, in quotes. The Department of Justice and the Department of Ed each announced that, quote, both federal agencies treat a student's gender identity as the student's sex for purposes of enforcing Title IX. We talked about that earlier. Understanding that with Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972, Congress never intended, quote, sex to include gender identity. The purpose was to ensure women and girls equal treatment under the law. No one in his his wildest imagination conceived that lawless public officials would later contort the statute to prevent discrimination against transgender people. The administration proclaims, quote, gender identity refers to an individual's internal sense of gender. So forget your biological makeup. If today you want to identify as a woman, men, you may. And if people refuse to go along with you, they will be punished with the full force of federal law. Specifically, the administration's directive last week requires every public school in the nation to provide transgender students access to all activities and facilities consistent with their gender identity at the risk of losing federal funds. The framers are rolling over in their graves, not just because of this inversion of moral standards, but also because of the lawless manner in which this is being forced down the throats of the states, the American people, and the public schools. President Obama knows he has he doesn't have the legal authority to issue such an order, but he is determined to create as much chaos as he can and do and to unilaterally impose his iron will to the fullest extent before his term expires. No one will convince me that this has anything to do with the rights of transgender people. Rather, Obama and his fellow leftist tyrants are seeing how far they can push the envelope, how much they can fundamentally transform America against the people's will, and against the protections guaranteed by the federal and state constitutions. The Obama administration obviously cares not a whit for the privacy of students who don't want to be forced to share a restroom with students of the opposite sex. The rights of the many will be subordinated to the rights of the very, very few, not to, not to protect the rights of those few, but to manufacture rights that don't exist to make an authoritarian statement on behalf of Big Brother. Folks... This has to be a tipping point, a point at which we'll no longer tolerate this kind of tyranny, even if it means the states foregoing blood money from the, le- the federal leviathan. This is a hill to die on, and if the sane states don't fight back on this one, we might as well just completely surrender the republic today. It's either that or eventually seeing the people rise up in a way we haven't witnessed for many years."
0: Yeah, <laughs> I. That's a, I. I mean, this is all Frankfurt School kind of stuff. It is destroy, d- destroy, mm-hmm. so that when everything shakes out in the rubble, they'll they'll build this socialist utopia, and it's garbage. I just don't know. I I, I don't know. I think part of me speculates or thinks. That if they really push this, what's going to happen is more and more people are going to uh, homeschool, which means schools are going to get less and less money mm-hmm. because fewer Enrollment kids are going will be to. be down, <clears throat> which means they're going to try to tighten up the homeschool to try to get the kids back into the oh, school. Oh, there so are states more money. that do. Yeah,
2: that make it very difficult to homeschool. Yeah, I think California is one yeah that has very strict rules
0: and so i mean it, it is going to be um i you know i'm not i'm kind of hopeful after uh that one psychiatrist and that one um professor of uh, mm-hmm. jurisprudence on the things that they've said and other people have said i mean this is a this is one of those issues that really it it's, it's like Alice in Wonderland so if you are a rational person if you value your, yourself as a rational person you might go along up to a certain point with this but at a certain point I think it's going to get so crazy that people are going to realize the emperor has no clothes <laughs> and actually say something and actually do something about it <clears throat> because uh, otherwise, I mean, it, it is exactly like that, that story. And, uh, I don't, I don't, I mean, there's no way that it can continue on this way because it is getting more and more absurd.
2: Yeah. It's uh, it's unsustainable. Yeah. The more, and it's becoming so absurd. It's almost like they're just trying to push it as far to the edge and just wait till it falls off the cliff. Yep. Is what it looks
0: like. Frankfurt School. Yep.
2: This is the David Allen Show. It's possible I'm done for this show with the transgender garbage. (laughs) (laughs) It's possible. You never know.
4: (laughs) But you are hot-blooded.
2: DavidAllenShow.com Hey, I got a I got a quiz well, I'm you I'm hot blooded I don't know about you Yeah Yeah I am If it feels alright Maybe No, no No, no, never mind. no, no <laughs> Just kidding Nope, I'm going home
0: <laughs> Excellent well, you know, I'm I'm going to ask you... I'm going to uh, have you take a test. Okay. Uh-oh. Two tests, actually. And the first test is to d- determine whether or not you're going to take the second one. What? Because if you fail the first one, then we're not going to do the second one <clears throat> for good reasons. <laughs> okay. I'm in, <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, it's more of a quiz than a test. Well, the first one's a quiz, second one's a test. Anyways... Okay. I'm going to do a, the first one is a, a psychopathy quiz to see if you're a psychopath. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and if it turns out that you are or you have strong psychopathic tendencies. Then the show is over. <laughs> I'm going to flee the building and, <clears throat> um, yeah, you can keep the laptop. <laughs> so, I'll ask you the question and then I'll give you the three answers That you can um, now. I'll tell you no lies. Okay. Although, if you're a psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll see. Okay, first one. Question number one. Most would describe me as charming and nonchalant. I can turn my charm on and off like a faucet. Now, it's either not me, this describes me somewhat, or this is definitely me. Somewhat okay. <clears throat> Number two, I do what it depends I, on what I, I, want I want to get. <laughs> well, we'll probably get there. Number two, where did you find this? <laughs> psych Central <clears throat> should be psycho central. Um, <laughs> I do what I want when I want the moment the impulse strikes me, regardless of what others want, not me. This describes me somewhat. This is definitely me.
2: Pro- I don't know. I, I was if between no and somewhat, probably.
0: Okay, I'll do but somewhat. So- <laughs> nice. Because we'll see how, uh, worst case scenario, how psychopathic you potentially oh, are. <clears throat> nice.
2: I typically don't impulsively do something no matter what. Yeah. But
0: sometimes. Yeah. Uh, too late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving this quiz. (laughs) Who's
2: flying? Who's driving this (laughs) flying umbrella?
0: (laughs) If something goes wrong or turns out badly, it's not my fault. Not me. This describes me somewhat. This is definitely me. Somewhat. Okay. I've gotten into legal or criminal trouble as an adult, not just a speeding or parking ticket. Not me. This describes me somewhat. This is definitely me. A criminal? No. No, not you. Okay. I
2: think so. I don't have a record. Does that count? <laughs> is that
0: what that means? Uh, shh. I have bodies buried in my basement. No, I'm kidding. Um, number five. I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I am easily the best at what I do, bar none. Nobody could ever take my place. Not me. This describes me somewhat. This is definitely me. Somewhat. Okay. Number six, I do whatever I feel like doing, and I don't care what others think, or even if it's illegal. Not me. This describes me somewhat. This is definitely me. Not me. Definitely you. Oh, so you're taking this quiz. (laughs) Number seven, every person for themselves... I don't see the point in feeling sorry for other people and have no desire to help others. Not me. This is, this describes me somewhat. This is Read def- it again. How, how is it worded? Every person for themselves. Oh, no, not me. Okay. <clears throat> Number eight. I've gotten into legal or criminal trouble when I was a teenager, not just a speeding or parking no, ticket. No, not me. Not me. Number nine. I have no problem or concern in lying in order to get what I want. No, <laughs> not me. Live in the moment is what I say. The future will take care of itself, and learning from your past is pointless. <laughs> Not me. This describes me somewhat. This is definitely me. Not me. Okay. I never feel remorse, shame, or guilt about something I've said or done. Not me. This describes Not me. me. Okay. And I don't see the point in taking on responsibilities of any kind. They just weigh you down. Not me. This describes me somewhat. This is definitely me. In
2: responsibilities? No,
0: not me. Okay. Okay. That was easy, right? Put down the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Wow. Now, here's here's the scoring key. Mm-hmm. If you scored 18 and up, you have strong psychopathic tendencies. Define psychopath. Um, is a person who basically, I'm trying to find a let's see the. Uh,
2: Define psychopath.
0: Defining psychopath.
5: Psychopath means a person suffering from chronic mental disorder with abnormal or violent social behavior.
0: Okay. Okay, 13 to seven, 17 is moderate to minor psychopathic tendencies, and under 12 is no psychopathic tendencies. You scored a four. So <laughs> I, keep, so I can keep... I'm safe? Yeah, so you're safe. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I you're be, I not it, I a it. psychopath! <laughs> Yay! Good. Okay. We have another one? Yeah. So, here we go. Now, there's a spectrum here on each one of these questions. Is this another psycho test? No. Oh. No. This is to see what your personality is like on one of the personality tests. Oh. So, we'll find out here shortly. <clears throat> it's, I ask you the question, and you either agree or disagree. So, it's agree, strongly agree, kind of agree, N- basically, neither.
2: Oh, it's like fifteen of these things.
0: No, well, you, you just basically go. No, I strongly agree. It's so it's either, or, or maybe a better way of doing it is, uh, agree can be a three. Disagree can be a minus three, and then whatever, in the and middle. then zero. Okay. Okay. Question number one: You find it difficult to introduce yourself to other people. Agree or disagree? Minus three means you disagree. And two. Two. Okay. You often get so lost in thoughts that you ignore or forget your surroundings. Na- minus. No. Disagree. Not at all. Disagree- minus three. Right. <laughs> you try to respond to your emails as soon as possible and cannot stand a messy inbox. Um. Th- <laughs> If you'd see my inbox, you'd know that that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> so, a strong disagree? Uh, I, I have... No, yeah, disagree. Strongly? Strongly? Three? Minus three? Okay. Sure. Okay. Well, you find it easy to stay relaxed and focused even when there is some pressure. Agree which would be a three or disagree a nine, minus three or some One. A one. Okay. which is like a non-answer <coughs> well but, but a little bit you do not usually initiate conversations two not <laughs> two <laughs> okay you rarely do something just out of sheer curiosity rarely do something just out of sheer curiosity What does your gut say? Minus two. Minus two. You disagree. Okay. You feel superior to other people.
2: (laughs) This is a public test. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I didn't tell you beforehand. Let's see, 4602. All right. No. <laughs> Cut this out of the recording. <laughs> um, superior? Yeah, you feel superior. Like better than? Yeah. Oh, this non zero. I don't think I feel superior. Sounds yeah, like better, a out to
4: me. <laughs> I,
2: was thinking, I was debating between zero and one, so you got to put one, I'll can. put I'll put one. But superior,
0: I don't like that word. Okay. Being organized is more important to you than being adaptable. You've been in my office, right? <laughs> so is that a strong? It's probably a, a, a ne- ne- negative three. <laughs> if it could go further south, yeah, it would. Maybe. You are usually highly motivated and energetic. Depends,
2: depends, depends.
0: Zero. Which is zero.
5: What what is
2: that technically, again, doesn't matter? Your wish, lukewarm? Yes or no. Neutral. Lukewarm. (laughs) Lukewarm. Jesus save (laughs) you. Lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. (laughs) Yes.
0: Never mind, I'm not that. (laughs) (laughs) Winning a debate matters less to you than making sure no one gets hurt.
2: Oh, I think I'd rather win the debate. So strongly, <laughs> do, do, agree? you mean like like hurt their feelings? No, just winning a debate. Do oh, so you can punch them to win?
0: Well, I mean, there's one where if you're debating somebody, whether or not their feelings get hurt isn't it's not on your radar. You want to win the debate, then it would be strongly agree. If it's like, no, I don't want to hurt their feelings yeah. at all, and winning isn't on your radar, then it would be...
2: It's not a hill I'd will be willing to die on. Yeah. So,
0: um, one. One. You often feel as if you have to justify yourself to other people. Why did you pick this test? Because. <laughs> it's actually... Um, well Yeah, whatever. Uh, no, <laughs> Accurate, there was. Hmm. Um... You often feel as if you have to justify yourself to other people. Two a two. Your home and work environments are quite tidy. I got that one. No, <laughs> I think you'd be right. <laughs> well, you should. Well, I mean, yeah. Some, yeah. Anyways, birds of a feather, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. You do not mind being at the center of attention. I don't mind it. Yeah. Um, I'm just, Two, you consider yourself more practical than creative. Mm-mm. Three n- n- minus negative three. Okay, people can rarely upset you. <laughs> 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 um, I think this whole podcast is out- <laughs> that it's that <laughs> <laughs> it's not agree. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's no. not on the Um, negative. Two, two, okay. Your travel plans are usually well thought out. <laughs> um, negative two. Ooh. It is often difficult for you to
2: relate. That's not necessarily true. You
0: can't change it, can you?
2: Yeah, I can. Uh,
0: negative one. Okay, nothing matters. Whew. Wow. Cleared <laughs> that That right would have like skewed everything. <laughs> it is often difficult for you to relate to other people's feelings. One. One. Your mood can change very quickly.
2: Negative three.
0: Okay. In a discussion, truth should be more important than people's sensitivities. Oh yes, two. <laughs> 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 started out it was right, right. yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, it's black and white and gray. <laughs> a little bit of gray. <laughs>
0: You rarely worry about how your actions affect other people. Mm, Negative two. That's that's the not sociopath of you. Hmm. Your work style is closer to random energy spikes than to a methodical and organized approach. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Plus three? (laughs) Two? Three? Three. Okay. (laughs) You are often envious of others. <clears throat> huh you are often envious of others <laughs> uh minus two minus two an interesting book or a video game is often better than a social event zero being able to develop a plan and stick to it is the most important part of every project Let's see when you say project, what are you talking about? Just uh-huh. Like I mean, if you're remodeling like, something. Oh, oh you know, that! Oh, doing... negative three. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, why is this one so hard for him?
4: <laughs> I, mean,
2: I could have answered that one. If, if I
0: was at my job, it's one thing. But... Yeah. You rarely get carried away by fantasies and ideas.
2: Well, if, and ideas, so that opens it up some, to some more realism. Minus Um minus one.
0: Minus one. You often find yourself lost in thought when you are walking in nature. (laughs) Minus three. (laughs) If someone does not respond to your email quickly, you start worrying if you said something wrong. Oh, one. One. As a parent, you would rather see your child grow up kind than smart. Ooh.
2: Two. Okay. Because if you have a really smart jerk, they're not fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus,
0: um, they're harder to manipulate. So, <laughs> <laughs> nice. For the so, so psychopath in you. In you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> For me, that would be a mm-hmm. three. But mm-hmm. you do not let other people influence your actions. Two. Two. Your dreams tend to focus on the real world and its events. One. One. It does not take much time to start getting involved in social activities at your new workplace. If you went to a new (laughs) workplace. Uh, One. One. I don't know. So one. You are more of a natural improviser than a careful planner. Three. Yeah, I was going to say, because <laughs> you're a creative type. Your emotions control you more than you control them. Negative three. You enjoy going to social events that involve dress-up or role-play activities.
2: Um, n- n- negative two. Negative two. There's Just because there's one... Murder dinner mystery murder thingy—that's fun to do. What about uh, <laughs> and that's so,
0: okay? Negative one, no. <laughs>
2: three, <laughs> three.
0: <laughs> you often spend time exploring unrealistic and impractical yet intriguing ideas. I would say often spend what time exploring no. unrealistic and impractical no. yet intriguing ideas. Okay, two, two. <laughs> You would rather improvise and spend time coming up with a detailed plan. Uh, Two. Two? You are a relatively reserved and quiet person. Three. If you had a business, you would find it very difficult to fire loyal but underperforming employees. Three. You often contemplate the reasons for human existence. Two? Oh often one. Okay. Logic is usually more important than heart when it comes to making important decisions. That's why I got married. <laughs> to
2: to bring that <laughs> to, to bring the heart up, in to, to make it
0: to make it good. <laughs> so you were like the tin man? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Keeping your options open is more important than having a to-do list. Oh, uh, three. <laughs> <laughs> if, <laughs> if your friend is sad about something, you are more likely to offer emotional support than suggest ways to deal with a problem.
2: Oh, no, negative three. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because <laughs> you're a guy. <clears throat> Here's what you need to do to fix that. Yep. Quit. You rarely feel insecure. Uh,
2: Negative um,
0: two. Negative two. You have no difficulties coming up with a personal timetable and sticking to it.
2: Negative uh, um, three, perhaps?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Being right is more important than being cooperative when it comes to teamwork. One. One you think that everyone's views should be respected regardless of whether they are supported by facts or not?
2: <laughs> um, I think the last couple shows have been evidence <laughs> that that's not the case.
0: <laughs> so... Well... Yeah. Okay. Is that a negative three? Neg- yeah, I think <laughs> okay. so. Okay. You feel more energetic after spending time with a group of people?
2: Energetic?
0: Energetic. More energy.
2: <clears throat> yeah, two.
0: Two. You frequently misplace your things.
2: Again, okay, another reason I got married. <laughs> so is that a three? <laughs> two.
0: Oh, a two? Two. <laughs> okay. You see yourself as very emotionally stable. Three. Your mind is always buzzing with unexplored ideas and plans. Two you would not call yourself a dreamer -3 you f- you usually find it difficult to relax when talking in front of many people -2 <clears throat> okay generally speaking you rely more on your experience than your imagination 1 Okay. You worry too much about what other people think. 1. Okay. We're almost to the end. If the room is full, you stay closer to the walls, avoiding the center. There's a bunch of people in the room. 1. Okay. You have a tendency to procrastinate until there's not enough time to do everything. 3. <laughs> <laughs> you feel very anxious and stressful situations one you believe that it is more rewarding to be liked by others than to be powerful
2: minus two
0: okay you've always been interested in unconventional and and ambiguous things like in books art or movies Zero. Okay. You often take initiative in social situations. One. Or no, two. Two. Okay. You are an INTP. Can what? I tell you what that means?
2: In a minute. This is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenshow.com. <clears throat> This is the David Allen Show, davidallenshow.com.
0: So your personality type from Myers-Briggs is an INTP. Interpreter? It's the logician. What? The INTP personality type is fairly rare, making up only 3% of the population, which is definitely a good thing <laughs> for them, as there's nothing they'd be more unhappy about than being common. INTPs pride themselves on their inventiveness and creativity, their unique perspective, and vigorous intellect. Usually known as the philosopher, the architect, or the dreamy professor, INTPs have been responsible for many scientific discoveries throughout history. INTPs are known for their brilliant theories and unrelenting logic. That's right.
2: That's right.
0: (laughs) In fact, they are considered the most logically precise of all the personality types. They love patterns and spotting discrepancies between statements, could almost be described as a hobby, making it a bad idea to lie to an INTP. This makes it ironic that INTPs should always be taken with a grain of salt. It's not that they are dishonest, but people with the INTP personality type tend to share thoughts that are not fully developed, using others as a sounding board for ideas and theories in a debate against themselves rather than as an actual conversation partners. This may... <clears throat> um, uh, sorry... They may appear to drift about in an unending daydream, but INTPs' thought process is unceasing and their minds buzz with ideas from the moment they wake up. This constant thinking can have the effect of making them look pensive and detached as they are often conducting full-fledged debates in their own heads. But really, (laughs) INTPs are quite relaxed and friendly when they are with people they know or who share their interests. However, this can be replaced by overwhelming shyness when INTP personalities are among unfamiliar faces and friendly banter can quickly become combative if they believe their logical conclusions or theories are being criticized. Um, When INTPs are particularly excited, the conversation can border on incoherence as they try to explain the daisy chain of logical conclusions that led to the formation of their latest idea. (laughs) Oftentimes, INTPs will opt to simply move on from a topic before before it's ever understood what they were trying to say, rather than try to lay things out in play terms in lay term, in plain terms. Sorry, the reverse can also be true when people explain their thought processes to INTPs in terms of subjectivity and feeling. Imagine an immensely complicated clockwork taking in every fact and idea possible processing them with a heavy dose of creative reasoning and returning the most logically sound results available. This is how the INTP mind works, and this type has little tolerance for an emotional monkey wrench jamming their machines. Um, Further, with thinking as one of their governing traits, INTPs are unlikely to understand emotional complaints at all, and their friends won't find a bedrock of emotional support in them. People with the INTP personality type would much rather make a series of logical suggestions for how to resolve the underlying issue, a perspective that is not always welcomed by their feeling companions. Um, uh, Okay, strengths and weaknesses. You're going to like... Great analysts and abstract thinkers. People with INTP personality type view the world as a big complex machine and recognize that as with any machine, all parts are interrelated. INTPs excel in analyzing this connection, seeing how seemingly unrelated facts tie in with each other in ways that bewilder most other personality types. Imaginative and original. These connections are the product of an unrelenting imagination. INTP's ideas may seem counterintuitive at a glance and may never even see the light of day but they will always prove remarkable they will always prove remarkable innovations open-minded INTPs couldn't make these connections if they thought they knew it all they are highly receptive to alternate theories so long as they're supported by logic and facts in more subjective matters like social norms and traditions INTPs are usually fairly liberal with none of with a none of my business sort of attitude people's ideas are what matter Enthusiastic. When a new idea piques their interest, INTPs can be very enthusiastic. They are a reserved personality type, but if another person shares an interest, they can be downright excited about discussing it. More likely, though, the only outward evidence of this enthusiasm will be INTPs' silent pacing or their staring into the distance. <laughs> Objective. <clears throat> INTPs' analysis, creativity, and open mindedness aren't the tools of some quest for ideo- or ideology or emotional validation. Rather, it's as though people with the INTP personality type are a conduit for the truths around them so far as they can be expressed, and they are proud of this role as a theoretical mediator. Honest and straightforward. To know one thing and say another would be terribly disingenuous. INTBs don't often go around intentionally hurting feelings, but they believe that truth is the most important factor, and they expect that to be appreciated and reciprocated. I can't disagree with most of that. (laughs) Now, do you want me to go over the weaknesses? Sure, why not? We're here. (laughs) Very private and withdrawn. While INTP's intellectualism yields many insights into their surroundings, their surroundings are ironically considered an intrusion on their thoughts. This is especially true with people. INTPs are quite shy in social settings. More complicated situations such as parties exasperate this, but even close friends struggle to get into INTP's hearts and minds. Um, that's a down, that's a negative. (laughs) No, I mean, it says weakness, but uh, I'm, I'm with you there. (laughs) Um, Absent minded When INTP's interest is captured Their absence goes beyond social matters To include the rest of the physical world INTP's become forgetful Missing even the obvious If it's unrelated to their current infatuation And they can even forget their own health Skipping meals and sleep as they muse Um I've never skipped a meal before <laughs> Insensitive Insensitive Oftentimes, INTP personalities get so caught up in their logic that they forget any kind of emotional consideration. They dismiss subjectivity as irrational and tradition, as an attempt to bar much-needed progress. Purely emotional situations are often utterly puzzling to INTPs, and their lack of timely sympathy can easily offend. Loathe rules and guidelines. These social struggles are are partly a product of INTP's desire to bypass the rules of social conduct and otherwise. While this attitude helps INTP's strength of unconventional creativity, it also causes them to reinvent the wheel constantly and to shun security in favor of autonomy in ways that can compromise both. Second-guess themselves. INTP's remain so open to new information that they often never commit to a decision at all. This applies to their own skills as well. INTP personalities know that at, that as they practice, they improve, and any work they do is second best to what they could do. Una- unable to settle for this, INTP sometimes delay their output indefinitely with constant revisions, sometimes even quitting before they ever begin. <coughs> huh. Close? That's or? close.
2: Yeah. I think so. <laughs>
0: Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm an INFJ. Oh. Yeah. That's a crazy one, too. <laughs> You're an actual psychopath. <laughs> well, no. It would be the opposite of a psychopath. Oh, nice. An nice. INFJ is. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. It's called the advocate. Ooh. So, wow. That's uh, exciting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. This on the David Allen Show. <laughs>
0: INTP. DavidAllenShow.com. Well, that's good. Now you're not a psychopath. Excellent. Unless you are a psychopath and you lied the entire time through. I can I can beat that test. <laughs> let's do it again. I'm, let's see what I'm going to be next time I take the test.
2: <clears throat> this will make you feel good. Mickey Fearn I guess I guess. Fern. Ooh, Fern. The National Park Service Deputy Director for Communications and Community Assistance made headlines when he claimed that black people don't visit national parks because they associate them with slaves being lynched by their masters. What? Yellowstone, the first national park, was created in 1872 in Wyoming. Slavery was over by then, and no one had ever been lynched no one had ever been lynching slaves around Old Faithful anyway, but false claims of racism die very hard.
0: Now, is this a legitimate thing that they believe, or does, is this what he thinks they believe?
2: And now, Alcee Hastings, an impeached judge and a coalition of minority groups, is demanding increased, quote, inclusiveness at national parks. High on their list is the claim that African Americans have felt unwelcome and even fearful in federal parklands during our nation's history because of the horrors of lynching.
0: He said that?
2: What do national parks have to do with lynchings? Many national parks have trees. People were hung from trees. <laughs> it's racial guilt by Arboreal Association. <laughs> Trees are racist down to their roots. Wow! The origin of the bizarre racist lynching theory of national parks appears to be Carolyn Finney. Finney was an actress noted for apparently little more than an appearance in The Nuthouse. And then she became a cause celebre for race activists when she was denied tenure by Berkeley's Department of Environmental Science Policy and Management because her work didn't meet academic standards. Her supporters blamed racism rather than her academic shortcomings and protested vocally. These days, she's a diversity advisor to the U.S. National Parks Advisory Board. What wasn't good enough for US UC Berkeley is good enough for national parks. She is also the author of Black Faces, White Spaces. In it, she claims that, quote, Oppression and violence against black people in forests and other green spaces can translate into contemporary understandings that constrain African-American environmental understandings. <sighs> Finney cites the work of Joy DeGruy, De, DeGruy Leary, who invented a post-traumatic slave syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> That she claims black people suffer from. But they
0: were never slaves, so how can... Oh!
2: Affected by PTSS, Ah. black people experience, quote, fear and mistrust of forests and other green spaces. (laughs) According to Finney, the tree is a racist symbol to black people.
0: Quote, I I suppose birch trees are, because the bark is white. Quote, Black people
2: also wanted to go out in the woods and eat apples from the trees, Fenny explained.
4: <laughs> this is but, real
2: But black people were lynched on trees. The trees became a big symbol. Black people are triggered by trees and suffer post-traumatic slave syndrome flashbacks. You can't expect them to go out to go out on a hike. What shall we do about the racist trees? Finney is front and center at the new, quote, inclusion initiative. Quote, you're sitting here making up a rule and assuming that everybody's going to feel comfortable to come to the woods and go on a hike, she whined. <sighs> Maybe they're not interested in doing that. That's not how they like to come to the woods. In addition to complaining about the racist trees, the inclusion initiative also claimed that national parks alienate Latinos because of the color of the uniforms that rangers wear. <laughs>
0: Oh, oh, I'm going to have a stroke. Oh my gosh.
2: What's wrong with the color of park ranger uniforms? Well, according to the Hispanic Access Foundation, they look too much like the border patrol. <laughs> Even though the uniforms are actually completely different. But much oh. like the lack of lynchings at Yellowstone National Park, the truth doesn't matter here. None of this is really about the nonsensical pseudo-scientific ravings you just read. <coughs> National parks don't care what race you are. Trees are as blind to color as they are to everything else. Forests don't need to be made more inclusive. This campaign is led by people who hate and reject natural spaces. Finney claims that Theodore Roosevelt's vision of preserving beautiful natural landscapes was rooted in privilege. Or as Fern put it, preserving wild spaces is a white concept going back to Rome. Influential figures in the National Park Service reject the fundamental idea of preserving natural beauty. They view a forest as a white concept, full of scary racist trees. Or at least that's what they claim. That is what this is really about. The Obama era has rotted the federal government with radical figures who are at war with fundamental American concepts and values. They intend to use their power to destroy those concepts and values. This is another example of that same ugly phenomenon. Alcee Hastings complains at a green of a green ceiling for hiring minorities aside from the usual a diversity green? aside from the usual diversity hiring push and buying from minority businesses in the inclusiveness proposals not to mention nonsense about racist trees and scary uniforms is a move to divert the focus to urban development
0: but she said green ceiling. Green ceiling instead of a glass ceiling. It's a green ceiling. Well, you you know the uniforms that um, are racist to Mexicans? You know what color they are that that they were talking about? That are they they're black green. Or, are they green? They're green. <laughs> so I guess it repels Mexicans like sunlight repels vampires. Is that hmm. what it is? And so they can't break through the green. We don't need a wall. Let's just plant green trees down yeah. there. Oh. <laughs> You know how many lynchings, official lynchings, there were from 1882 to 1968? Yeah. I mean, there was a fair uh, 3,446. In... How many? 3,446. The entire... In in 85 years. Huh. Anyways. Interesting. Sorry. Keep going. (laughs)
2: I don't know if I can.
0: Ugh.
2: For all the sp- for all the safe space rhetoric, the arguments ultimately come down to money. It's not about racist tree symbolism or uniform colors. It's about creating positions for people like Carolyn Finney and Mickey Fern, so they can lecture us on how parks are privileged and nature is racist. It's about finding yet another unlikely target for baseless claims of racism to be milked for money, grants, ads, and contracts. The Obama era has seen the sharpening. <laughs> of America as the same ugly shakedown scams that were being predicted no yeah. No, practiced in New York and Chicago, where suddenly national were suddenly national policy. This is the sharpening of the National Park Service. It's happening at every agency and arm of the government. We just don't notice it. The accusations are absurd, and yet the payoffs keep coming, and there's little doubt that this latest quote inclusiveness Initiative will also pay off. Our parks will suffer. Our slimiest politicians will prosper. Finney says that national parks should represent where we want to go collectively as people. But the beauty of a walk through the woods is that you don't have to, quote, collectively go anywhere. A hike is not a national mission. It's a place of individuality. And the left never fails to remind us how loath it is or how it loathes an in the individual and worships the collective impulse of totalitarian movements this is paired with a hatred for beauty forests and lakes are not about where we want to go collectively they are where we once were they represent spaces of imagination and reflection that have nothing in common with finney's compulsion they don't have to represent finney's demands for demographic and ethnic diversity they also they allow us a freedom from the confining urban spaces of leftist identity politics that deny our humanity. They show us that life is pure and simple in ways that defy the convoluted nonsense of political correctness. It's not hard to see why the left, despite its hollow environmental posturing, hates them. This written by Daniel Greenfield.
0: Well, good for Daniel. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean that's hilarious, the thing with people like that, um not Daniel, but the people <laughs> right. that he was talking about the they they will never be successful in life in any other capacity other than being uh, professional complainers right because they don't produce anything, all they do is destroy <clears throat> and until they get to the point where. They believe in something called personal responsibility that I can actually do something that can affect my life in a positive way and it's not some boogeyman out there doing it to me. This is where they will reside. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and if they took over, they would immediately become tyrants and start killing people and imprisoning yeah. people. So.
2: Uh, you a football fan?
0: Um, In the sense that... <laughs> You know about football, (laughs) (laughs) American football. Is there another kind of football? Well, there's a real kind. Oh, really? Well, no. Interesting. No, I don't. I don't care enough, so I'm indifferent. It's not a hill I'm willing to die on, (laughs) one way or another. About any of it. Why? We
2: We briefly talked about this earlier, but a Washington Post poll released Thursday reveals that a vast majority of Native Americans don't have a problem with the Washington's NFL team mascot, the, res- the Redskins.
0: Really? How come? How about that? Don't Over they the- realize? How evil it is yeah. to
2: proudly wear your mascot? <sighs>
0: Uninformed
2: savages. Over the course of five months and hundreds of interviews with Native Americans, researchers discovered that 90% of those surveyed are not offended by the team name even after what the paper called a national movement to change the football team's moniker.
0: So, are they going to change the name, then?
2: Nearly three quarters, oh, I'm sure, nearly three quarters of poll responders, 73%, said the term redskin itself is not disrespectful. And 78% of Native Americans said the redskin's mascot issue is largely or entirely unimportant. The Post then asked if a non-Native American person called you a Redskin, would you be personally offended or not? A full 80% of those polled said they would not be offended. According to the Post, the attitudes of Native Americans toward the Redskin's name is largely unchanged from a 12-year-old poll by the Annenberg Public Policy Center, despite several years of vocal protests against the name. The Redskins are embroiled, especially the presidents come out and want to change. The Redskins are embroiled in a fight to regain federal trademark protections, which were canceled by a federal judge in July. Though the cancellation does not officially go into effect until the team exhausts all court appeals. In 2013, as the fight over the trademark and accusations of racial insensitivity percolated, Redskins owner Daniel Snyder told USA Today that he had no intention of ever changing the team name. Quote, we will never change the name of the team. Good. As a lifelong Redskins fan, and I think the Redskins <clears throat> fans understand the great tradition and what it's all about and what it means. So we feel pretty fortunate to just to be just working on next season. What if his football team loses an ongoing federal trademark lawsuit? Would he consider changing it then? We'll never change the name, he said. It's that simple. Never. And you can use caps, he said. When the poll results came out, Snyder issued this statement, according to the Post. The Washington Redskins team, our fans and community, have always believed our name represents honor, respect, and pride. Today's Washington Post polling shows Native Americans agree. We are gratified by this overwhelming support from the Native American community, and the team will proudly carry the Redskins name. Wow. Well, could... I, it, I it's fun. Now, whether this will actually mean anything, probably won't. Because <clears throat> Are they
0: going to put transgender the bathrooms bulk of Mano, in the... Mm, I'm sure.
2: it's it's D.C. They're going to have to. huh? Aren't they controlled by Congress? Isn't Washington D.C. actually run by Congress? Because uh. they don't have... Because they're not an official state. They're the District of Columbia. Well,
0: but it's privately owned, so it can be whatever. I don't think they, they can force them to change the name. No, but but aren't legally. the
2: but, but aren't the local issues governed by Congress?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Some weird, yeah. Hey,
2: girl. <coughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> hey girl.
2: There you go. DavidAllenShow.com. Woo. This is uh, May 19th. Episode number fifteen of this Holy this, Cow this David Allen
0: show. Wow. I know it's crazy. Wow. Crazy, crazy, I'm, crazy. I'm, I'm I'm actually feeling better and less snarky after the stuff that you read earlier. Oh good. Yeah. Huh. I feel like uh <clears throat> if there are if there are people out there that actually uh are going to to say the Emperor has no clothes, uh that's that's the only thing that I mean that's the biggest thing that we need is people are willing to just stand up and tell the truth you know nobody none of them are saying that somebody who claims to be transgender should be abused in any way outside or, right? yeah <clears throat> uh, and I'll say it again and probably get me in trouble I don't think that that you would I mean, in America, you're supposed to treat everybody equally. So you give you afford the, everybody the same protections anybody else will have. But that doesn't mean that one... you Just because somebody's schizophrenic doesn't mean they get more rights than you do. Just because somebody has gender dysphoria or body dysphoria doesn't mean that they get different rights. And it doesn't mean that they can impinge on other people's rights. <clears throat> so...
2: One uh, one quick story of Hillary <laughs> The ordeal began at about 11:30 a.m. Friday morning. This was in the end of last year. Along Interstate 81, which runs through the center of Scranton, Pennsylvania, said state police spokeswoman. The Hillary Clinton campaign tour bus was driving north when it ran off the road and crashed into the highway median turning on its side. Two Pennsylvania straight troopers were the first on the scene. Seeing what happened, the heroic officers went into the bus as the tires still turned and smoke pillowed from the vehicle to pull out any survivors. Within minutes, a coroner arrived and placed one elderly female body in a body bag and sent it downtown. It was then federal officials questioned the coroner. Has, has Mrs. Clinton been killed? The coroner replied, Well, she kept saying she was all right, but everyone knows she's a liar. So I sent her body down to the morgue. The busy stretch of road was closed in both directions of Interstate 81, but reopened later Tuesday afternoon. Ambassador Stevens could not be reached for comment. (laughs) This under the (laughs) headline of satire, in case you didn't realize. In case case you didn't. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Indeed, this is... There's a kid. I'm sorry. No, carry on. Uh, My daughter, she's a parrot at school. The kid told her a joke that uh, if uh, um, Hillary and Trump were on a boat that was sinking, who would win? answer, America.
2: <laughs> Bernie? No way!
0: <laughs> oh yeah, there there you go. Uh-uh. But I thought that yeah, was like a four, nice. fourth grader or something like that. <clears throat> That's scary. Yeah.
2: This is the David Allen Show. Thank you for sitting through this craziness with us. <laughs> Sifting through the bullcrap
0: of today. And and uh finding out a little bit more about <laughs> yourself <laughs> a little
2: more about Alan.
0: whether we like it or not <laughs>
2: <laughs> next time we'll find out how many never mind
0: no <laughs> <laughs> that'll be 4 months next time since so we started closets we have full um ooh yeah how many skeletons how many <laughs> next week alan's coming out of the closet That wasn't a, that wasn't a solid ding. <laughs> it's just mediocre. <laughs> that was just like, half, like halfway.
2: Uh, uh. <laughs> this is the David Allen Show. Thank you for listening. We are on davidallenshow.com. Uh, every Thursday night, we try to uh, stream this thing live on mixlr dot com slash the postmaster. Uh, we are working on a video uh, feed just for fun. that uh, is not polished yet, so we aren't uh, we're not pushing that very hard. Uh, if you have questions or comments or just want to tell us how awesome we are, you can do that via Facebook <laughs> at David Allen Show uh, or David Allen Show at gmail.com. And if you love the show so much, you want to help support this venture that we do, since technically we uh, uh, th- this has become a non paid venture so far, uh, you can uh, contact us and we will take your money over the phone. Hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like all of it. No. Yeah. <laughs>
2: davidallenshow.com. Any last words over there? Um, Ubiquitous. That that word is everywhere. (laughs) This is The David Allen Show. See you again. Toodles. Next week.